excited to be back with you guys today in a normal episode. Yeah, I love these. You know, the special <laughs> ones are great, but this is the bread and butter. And oh, this is what we, we live for. It really is. Like, when we talk about our passion project, like, this is, yeah. this is just... This is what we, we, this is one of the, one of our little passion projects. Yeah, and you all are so special to us. You really are. And it's so beautiful because I, I, it's so funny, like I'll go somewhere or like I'll go to an event. I I mean, this is less, actually, who am I kidding? I've been going to events, kids, (laughs) but I I'm sure if they follow your social media, they've already known that. I think they're aware. Um, but like, I'll go to like a birthday party or something and then I'll just be talking, I'll meet somebody who I'm thinking I'm meeting for the first time and then they'll say, oh yeah, like I listened to your podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. And so then I, like, I already really like meeting new people, but it just makes it so much more special. So if you ever meet me out, just please tell me if you listen, because I, it really warms my heart. Like I'm, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I, you know, I black out when we record these things. So I'm like, what's it? What have I even said? (laughs) Like, and then, so you guys, I was very recently, like last week, a guest on this other podcast called The Nobodies, mm-hmm. and it's with Bryce at Bryce Advice, and um, so Bryce was actually, um, so one of my girlfriends, Kat, used to be on the Chelsea Handler Show. She used to be a producer, like an executive producer on the Chelsea Handler Show, and then Kat like Chelsea was obsessed with Kat because Kat is the funniest person like ever. So Chelsea gave Kat her own segment literally called Kat on the Chelsea Handler show. And it was so funny because it was Kat just like being Chelsea and like living Chelsea's life and like in her home, like in her palatial mansion. And Kat would just be in in like in Chelsea's like bathrobe and just be like oh my life is so difficult and it was just so funny but anyway shout out to Kat love Kat she's amazing um but Bryce used to work on the Chelsea Handler show as well so that's the connection but he found me just on his own volition as one would when searching for top matchmakers in the world so humble she's really humble she's really down to earth i don't know if those qualities are are how i would describe you to someone she's really down to earth she's really humble i think i'm down to earth yes you are i'm so down to earth especially when i talk to non-down to earth people i realize how down to earth i am that's true that's true that's true that's very true i just i don't know if those would be in your bio yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. But anyway, so I was on, I was a guest on the Nobody's podcast and we, um, we were just talking and, and Bryce was telling me, he's like, yeah, so I listened to, you know, your relationship virgins episode. And if you guys haven't, um, if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely listen to it. It's really good. It was one of our last ones that we did on dating in the city, mm-hmm. on dating in the city on this podcast. And he was like, yeah. And like, I, I, he, I, he was like, so yeah, you said this thing. And I was like, did I say that? I was like, oh my gosh, what, what genius. So 
I literally black out when we record these, but that's good because you're getting like, you're getting the real, you're getting real. You're not getting, this is unfiltered. This is really unfiltered. Right, exactly. We don't edit this very much at all. We only have to edit it if I say something like wildly inappropriate. (laughs) And then that gets, that's on the cutting room floor. Right. Um, Yeah, especially with like the last like climate, the political climate, we had to be pretty careful. There were a few things that I thought were really, you know, empowering, but when... When, um, when, when re-reviewed by multiple members of our family, um, remember I made that jingle? It was about, like, giving giving people a chance, diversify your dating life, and I, like, made a jingle about it, but it just, it came off really bizarrely. I forgot about that, yes. I basically, like, lost it. (laughs) That was my, that was my rock bottom that was my COVID rock bottom. But thank God we didn't allow that to see the light of day, yeah. right? But anyway, you guys, let's jump right in to our first segment. Stars, they're just like us. In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. Okay, so the first story, Jessica Simpson claims publicists told celebrities not to date her. So she was doing an interview and she claims that there were a lot of male, a lot of actors and like celebrities, their publicists warned them against dating Jessica Simpson after her breakup with Nick Lachey. Really? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Um, Well, it's not that crazy because we have a little bit of a story like that with a past client. But in real life, IRL, how can you salvage a bad reputation? So first... I first I want to tell you guys a story about a client that we worked with many years ago. Um, if I tell you what show she was on, it would be really obvious. I don't think so. I don't think so. There okay, let me tell of, the story. There have been a lot of villains in that show. Yes, let me tell the story and then I'll see if it's too obvious. Okay. So we were working with a public figure, I would say celebrity in his own right. If you're if you know anything about the music industry, this our former client was one of the biggest names in the entertainment music industry specifically. Right. I loved him. I adored him. I went to this was like back in the day when we would go to their like offices and go to their homes. Oh um, yeah, you remember? Did. I went to all their homes and all their offices. That's true. I was like the traveling matchmaker. What were you doing, Christina? I was holding the business on my back. I've got a, I have a, a um, chronic backache from holding the business on my back for many a year. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You are you are holding the sh- sharing. The I brand. guess you would go out during the day. I would go out at night. Yes, that's probably yes, what it was. I would yes. go down the fort while you were at the client meetings, and then yes. I would go out for the events that night. Yes, and this yeah, this was before we had. Now, if you guys are just catching up, we are we own a matchmaker. We own matchmakers in the city, which is 
a really amazing matchmaking company. We're based in LA. We have a team of matchmakers um, that really are, you know, that we work alongside of. Um, but in the very beginning, let's start at the very beginning. Yeah, we did all that ourselves. We did everything. Yeah. We did all the now stuff. Now we have hands and other hands and feet to yes. do a lot. Now we're just marionette, like marionette. What is it? The person that does a marionette. We're like in the in sync video, no yeah, strings attached. Yeah, we're the we're the people on top of the marionettes. But anyway, <laughs> not that aggressively though. They all all the matchmakers have like amazing minds of their own, and we're not like micromanaging. Oh no, no. Exactly. Well, I am. Let's be real. Sometimes I am. <laughs> I'm insane. But anyway, um, so okay, back in the day, this was like early days. Um, we were working with huge name in the music industry. Um, and I like we okay. We literally left no stone unturned for this dude. Oh, yeah. So we were about to set him up with this big celebrity name at the time. She was a huge deal. She had just put out a book. Um, the book, like, it went, it was, you know, really, really big. She was just a huge, she was a big celebrity at the right. time. Mm-hmm. Reality star, though, so not, like, actress. But anyway, um, she, we were so excited for this match, and I met her. She came to the office in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. and I met with her, and I just, she was so lovely and so sweet, and, like, when you meet, this is the thing with, with any celebrities, when you meet them in person, it's such a different, like, the persona that they play, especially with a reality star, versus who they actually are in person is so starkly different a lot of the times. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's very on on brand. Like, I feel like Patty Stanger is exactly the way she is yeah. on camera in she person. Is. She is. Um, but there are other celebrities that it's really different. And specifically for this young woman, it was totally, totally different. So um, we were so excited. We set, we set everything up. We're like, okay, amazing. You're going to be meeting this bachelorette. We tried not to give too much detail about her because... Her name, like, if you Googled her name, it was, like, the most visceral, what is it, vicious, like... Yeah, vicious. Vicious, mm-hmm. just, like, terrible things mm-hmm. about her in the media. Um, so we tried to give as little information as and possible. All, the things were more, it's not, the things that they said about her, it wasn't like she was doing just strange things. It yeah, was she more, wasn't doing drugs or right. anything. It, it was, was just more, more just of her personality. Her personality that she was a bad person, mean. Yes, yes. A villain. Like, right, she was a definitely villain. a villain. Right. So, um, but anyway, so we tried, and I, I even told him, like, she doesn't, you know, she was, she has a lot of notoriety, but, you know, the media has got it all wrong, so I tried to, like, buffer it, but then he ultimately figured out who it was, and then he was like, I can't meet this woman. Like, I just can't. I won't meet her. Um, but anyway, okay, so that's my little story about this celebrity type situation. Um, but in real life, say you're just a normal girl and for whatever reason, you get a bad reputation. Maybe it's in the college that you're in mm-hmm. and maybe it's an ex-boyfriend that spread lies or maybe it's the truth. Maybe you just had a moment where you were, you know, um, not, you know, not living, living in the Lord, you know, yeah, right. but like maybe, you know, maybe you had a moment. Right. Um, 
But how do you salvage a bad reputation, especially in the dating world? And there are also, I mean, listen, there are also some guys who get like the yeah. men as well. This is not just women. No, no, no. You know, this men is... can have really bad reputations. It's true. But I feel like there's a bit of a double standard because men who have bad reputations, women almost are like excited about that mm. because they think, oh my gosh, I will be the one to that... change him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that, Christina? How do you salvage a bad reputation if you have one when you're dating? Right. Okay. Well, I would say, first of all, to, before you get to that place, do as much as you can to live in a kind and good manner so you don't yeah. have to But, like, with it. Jessica Simpson, she did nothing wrong. She was just on a reality show, and it just got her a bad reputation. Right. So, like, right. okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. In that, yeah. Okay. So then, if it happens. Yes. <laughs> what I would recommend is to wait to see, I guess who your true friends are Mm. because if people are just liking you when you're in the limelight and when good things are happening they're actually not your real friends and if a man is going to judge you by one past action that you had or only see you in this way they're not future boyfriend material for you or woman situation as for woman for men so you can split Switch the genders around as well. Yeah. Can I just say a Taylor Swift lyric? Sure. My reputation's never been worse, so you must like me for me. You know, from I want you, I can't wait. Every promise is now, can we, babe? You can make me a drink. Is it cool that I said all that? And then it's called Delicate. Have oh, you heard I've not, I've not I listened to popular music in ages. Oh, bless you. <laughs> Christina's on the Christian station. Yes. Christina's on the Christian station. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, I'm, I am occasionally. I am occasionally. I enjoy the Christian music as well. I'm sure, but I also like the Arab tunes as well. Uh, you, there's an Arab <laughs> station. Iranmani, <laughs> halala, there's actually an Arab station. No, I haven't found one, but I, there's like Spotify you can listen to. Oh. I just love like the Arab music is just like so like it's it just like relaxing. gets you. Yeah, it's like halala, halala. It's there. It's in this specific like key, but there's this amazing song Arab money. Oh, so good. I had it on one of my stories the other day with Andrew when we, when we went out and like it just was everything. But anyway, okay, so bad, back to bad reputations. Okay, I'm literally tangenting. Um, yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. you, you, out of school, it's, it's hard. You're going to grow out of that. You're going to be graduating soon. Yeah. <laughs> know that any reputation isn't forever and if yeah. someone judges you on that forever they're not going to be a good match for you anyway yeah. people you have to be with some if you've actually changed and that isn't you anymore then you're going to have to meet someone who believes in forgiveness and believes in redemption and believes in second chances mm-hmm. and then that will be great just make sure mm-hmm. to guard yourself from repeating those same terrible mistakes that you may have made if you've gotten a bad reputation. Yeah. And if you have, if it's just the media, that's, you can't really do anything about it. Yeah, the media can be really intense. Or people li- saying lies about yeah. you. The truth will come out. The truth, yeah. as Emile Zola said, the truth will Ooh. come out. Um. So my advice, I think, for if high school, if any high schoolers are listening, 
Oh, bless you. That's a tough time, especially if your reputation has been kind of tattered a little bit. Um, That's a really tough time. But I will say that something that we did when we were in high school, I remember I was like repulsed by the guys in our school. I, except if they were juniors and seniors, maybe sophomores, but like if they were in my grade, I just grew up with these guys. Like it was way too much familiarity I like a new I remember a new guy would come into school and I would be so excited like I literally remember like sitting in a class and there was this new kid who I ended up like learning about and just realizing oh my god not attractive at all but I would just get so excited and I would just like look at them and like just like fixate and be so excited and be like oh my god what if he talks to me oh my god oh my god he's oh my god he's so cute oh my god look at his hair and like they have like acne and like you know just crazy like obviously not but anyway so for me I remember I just was so repulsed by anyone in my grade that I would always like to look at and like fantasize about other grades and then I remember once oh god once I was a senior there was like a really cute, like, oh my god, I'm gonna sound like a child. Well, I was like, I was six, I was 17, I wasn't even 18, I was a senior, but there was like a cute freshman or a cute sophomore, and I was like, oh, I'm the older woman, and I just would like fantasize about them, but um, but okay, but what I'm saying is what we did when we were in high school, we were really we made a lot of friends at the all boys school. So I know if say your reputation is not so great in your school, that's okay. You can go and befriend other neighborhood schools. So like we grew up in a small town in New Jersey. So for us, there was Don Bosco. Um, and that was where like the, but we've talked about Don Bosco before. It's like literally a breeding ground for wonderful <laughs> young men. Um, just like Catholic all boys school, like mo- just love. And so we were, yeah, we, we made friends with a lot of those guys and they used to have dances back then. So we would go to the dances. Hopefully the world opens up again and Don Bosco dances will be reinstated. But I think that they actually canceled that. Yeah, I think they were they were they became rude. For, <laughs> for other things. Yes. There was not <laughs> good Don Bosco voice. <laughs> there was not the Jesuit way. They were those dances were not the Jesuit way. Well, it's actually Salesian. Oh, the Salesian way. <laughs> but anyway, so but like but that I think that though that, that advice of just Make friends with people from from other schools, if, other you know, groups, other groups. Totally, right. yeah. It doesn't have to be if, if you're in the celebrity culture. A different, yeah. Doesn't have to be celebrities. It's any different people. Yeah. So that's high school, college. The good part about college is that none of that stuff really. Like, yes, I'm I'm thinking about a few. I'm thinking of the bad reputations that. Like a few, I remember in college there were a few people that had bad reputations. Yeah, there are. Yeah, I'm thinking of a few young men that I also dated that had very bad reputations. But of course, like a moth to a flame, I was there, um, and I was there with a wing burned off, still flapping with one wing. Um, but no, but the guy, the guy I'm thinking of ended up being such a doll and we like remained friends for years after. But, um, 
But anyway, but I will say, so college, you know, if say you're in a sorority and you get a bad reputation, exactly go out, like befriend other people. Just right. get out of that bubble and out of that circle that you're doing that that you're doing life with every day because clearly it's not yielding, you know, positivity in your life. Post college, it's uh, post college unless you're a celebrity that has gotten a really rough reputation. And even then, you can hire a publicist and they can take care of it. There's so many different ways that you can go about it. Um, but as a normal person, um, really just changing up the groups that you're spending time with. And I know making new friends is not easy after you're in college. It's not easy unless you go to grad school. But but if you're just kind of in the normal working world, it's not easy making new friends. But it can be get involved in whatever religious religious thing is closest to you. There are so many young adult groups for both Christian and Jewish young people in their 20s because each of the religious organizations are trying to like breed them together so that's why they're investing in those young adult communities which is great they want them to breed more of you know that 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 and then ultimately have these kids send their kids to you know the school the the temple whatever so anyway but go outside venture outside of your normal group um, if you have a bad reputation. That's great advice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look at that. Ugh, look at that. All right, moving on. I'm sorry, I'll start. I'm just what? curious, though. What? So Jessica Simpson, the publicist, told these men yeah. not. And how did she... My first... Well, I want to know how she found out about it. But I also want to say, if a guy is going to listen to his publicist about... And not... If he's really interested in her and meets her and then just does what the publicist says he's as i said he's not christina think about hollywood guys yeah think about guys who are trying to rise in the ranks right i know they don't care yeah that's why i those men weren't right for her anyway but why did she say this what why did it come up it was in an interview um i i I think it was in an interview with um in on the Drew Barrymore show oh, or the, either okay, the Drew okay. Barrymore show or the Kelly Carson show. I see. And she was just revealing like Jessica I has see. nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. She is a billionaire in her own right or a multimillionaire. She has the Jessica Simpson clothing brand, clothing, shoes, all right. the things. She's rocking. She just put out a book. She's spilling all the tea. Okay. So she doesn't yeah. care anymore. She just is like yeah, this happened. Okay. And men would tell her, they would, the, how she found out was that these guys would then tell Jessica, they would date Jessica and they would tell her that, hey, yeah, my publicist like didn't want me dating you. Okay. So that's how she found out. A lot of them disobeyed the publicist. I see, I see. But some of them, I mean, I can imagine, I can just imagine, that guy's rising in the, fa- oh, don't, you know, don't do that. Okay, what's more important, your career or this? These guys, you know, my mm-hmm. gosh. Okay, anyway, moving on. Bill and Melinda Gates are ending their marriage. I was just thinking about them the other day. Yeah, they've been in the news quite a lot. I have. 27 years. I, have not heard I know. From the news. Oh my it was God. Just you my just... I was thinking about them because of the whole vaccine thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 27 years. I wondered they. Weird. Huh, it lasted that Weird. long, actually. 
and then all of a sudden are divorcing. It's weird. It's Shade Better and Wah to huh. quote El Morning Toasto. It's shady. It's weird. But anyway, okay, so they're getting a divorce, they're ending their marriage. In real life, what are ways to keep love alive long term? Oh, Alessandra, that's important. Actually, it's something that I was thinking about when you were speaking earlier about the newness of the new boy coming to school. Oh, I loved those new boys. But that is, our human nature is so fixed on the new thing, the new latest thing. and Even with, new clothing. Like, but then this, then you have it in your closet and you're like, oh, okay. Right. It's nice. Right. But. Exactly. Especially for someone like you. I know. I'm so bad. <laughs> but that's what I'll say about for marriage, this person is not new anymore. Even though every day is new, mm-hmm. but you're, it's easy to get in a way of, I already know this person, I know how they are, they're always going to be like this, and since that I already have that person, kind of like, yeah. because we always want, we can't have, and even looking at Austin, he will have a toy that people have spent a lot of money on, oh. and then he'll have, a, there'll be a water bottle that I'm drinking, <laughs> He will, hands down, everything will drop and want exactly what I have that I don't want to give him. Christina, (laughs) you just explained human nature (laughs) in Austin. Like, that is horrifying. So we we know that about ourselves, about humans, and we don't need to stay like that, though. Yeah. So that's the animal Yeah, he's like seven months. He's he's an animal. He's he's obviously more than an animal. He's an animal. (laughs) He's a little savage. (laughs) (laughs) But that's our natural inkling without being more evolved humans and people and growing up and learning that that's not... The right way to do things. Some men never grow out of that, Christina. <laughs> it's true. We can we can we can it's definitively true. say that after ten years of being matchmakers, yeah. some men never grow out of it. No, no. Okay. Wow. But that's I think horrifying. that it's for. I think women also need to be aware wary of this because often I've seen men be. This is a generalization, but. Once they're married, mm-hmm. they can get more lazy. Yeah. But it's the women who are looking elsewhere. Not yes. looking elsewhere, but but thinking, oh, what did I do? What did I... And second-guessing everything. Studies show that. Yeah. Do you know that studies show that? I'm, I don't I don't doubt it. Because uh, yes. that's research, what I for all of our men, yep. people I coach. Research backs yeah. this up. Men, once they're married, yeah. men are not the ones who are seeking, who are right. looking. Right. It's the women. Right. More, more, oh my gosh. And obviously so there are the cheater types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah. Will do yeah. that. But it's, that's why, I, even though it feels like an old suit to you, the marriage, it's, you want to keep working on your marriage. You want mm. to read books together. You want to read books on your own. If the person won't read a book with you, for instance, yeah. What if that happens? And that's okay. You can work on it yourself and figure out, okay, this is how to keep that spark alive. This is for intimacy. This is what we're going to do. That we're going to have a schedule or whatever you want to do to keep things to keep things exciting yeah. and active and go out yeah. for dates and yes, don't get in nights. the habit of only just watching TV together or have yes. go on trips together, book 
special occasions. And you, okay, there's a certain point though when you're planning too much. Oh. And it's okay to just be settled with the person, but in in and enjoy those quiet, special moments. So don't feel like you need to be. Oh, I I can just imagine myself. (laughs) I'm going to be planning like a wacky. Wackadoo! I'm already such a planner. Well, and that's a certain amount is good. Yeah, but it's also if you think about your spiritual life. Okay, so if we're always active, we never have time to dial back in and mm-hmm. listen, yeah. listen to God. Yeah. Okay. So if you think of your marriage like that, if you're always planning, you never have time to listen to each other and have those more special, quiet nights yeah. together. It needs to be a balance, mm-hmm. though. I think that's what I'm hearing Definitely. you say. But also, yeah, the studies showed that new and novel experiences together were the couples that did stay together and and and, and um, charted happiness yes. did new new experiences together. That's great. So they had new experiences together, and this is also so I go to the matchmaking institute conference every year um uh there's a doctor the love doctor oh my gosh Terry Dr. Terry oh my goodness let me let me google this really fast the love doctor Dr. Terry but anyway um the love doctor d-o-c-t-o-r Terry Orbuck, I want to say, or let's... Okay, Dr. Terry. Oh, Orbuch. Okay, Dr. Terry, the love doctor. So basically, she has done this study. Um, it's one of the biggest relationship studies in the world where they've tracked, I think it's like like a number of couples. Um, I think like 500 couples or maybe less. I'm giving you bad information, but the core of it is really good. Um, but basically, that's where this is coming from. So that's this right. where this research is backed. Okay, um, so doing new, having new and novel experiences together. Mm-hmm. If you want a long-term committed relationship, that is very important. And also, she, she said that the couples that, that stayed together were the ones that if the if the partner said hey do, hey hey um christina look over there christina said oh what is that even if you're busy even if you're doing seven things just that interest in what he's saying right. is so important so i and i've been so cognizant once i learned that um that like if if some if if somebody really anyone in my life is like oh hey hey and, and it's not ignoring them and putting them off and saying give me 5 minutes because then you miss that connective moment of experiencing something exciting together mm. even if it's a bird even if it's like oh my god look there's a squirrel like that's your partner saying hey look there's a squirrel and you're experiencing that together so those were two really big things of but yeah i mean i think with committed relationships what what i think what you're saying is so so amazing of setting date nights getting all dolled up for the ladies getting dressed up for the guys i mean when a man puts on a suit whoo game over it is so attractive you mm-hmm. know like a guy dressing up in a suit and tie um i just love it so yeah i think yeah. that's that's good alessandra and, and even doing staycations if you can't do a big vacation right. Do a staycation. Just go leave your normal house together mm. and experience and have a little list of activities that you're doing. And remember the whole 
new boy at school parable that Alessandra <gasps> told that, <sighs> yeah, he was exciting because he was new. And then she would find out that he had all these other problems that she Every didn't, time. She didn't see when he was this new, oh, he's so amazing. Every time. Remember the parable of Alessandra and the new boy at school. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's really, they should, they should preach that at St. Monica's on Sunday. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, okay, why don't we talk a little bit about, um, well, okay, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are, ha- are ha- hanging out after her split with A-Rod. So A-Rod oh, 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 okay. and Jen finally split because he was, he was, what a shady, horrible, he was, he was talking to all these women, Madison LaCroix, who is on a TV show, Summer House, or wait, Southern Charm, Southern Charm, one of the ones I don't watch, and, um, and she, like, told Andy Cohen about it during a reunion, of course, and anyway, just like the house of cards fell. A-Rod is not a good guy. Um, and I spoke about this on Access Hollywood, but I never actually saw the episode because they forgot to tell me when it was airing and now it's gone. Um, but oh. it's okay. It's okay. I have so many of the access That's that true. I have. So anyway, okay. But remember Jen and Ben? Jen, yeah. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck? Did he divorce you had his, his next wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck was with Jennifer Gardner. They split up. Ben Affleck had a drug problem. Oh. Went to rehab. He struggles. Ben is like, Ben struggles. Um, he's also was on a dating app. He was on the dating app, Rhea. And, um, oh. yeah. Ugh, this app. Um, and he then, like, videoed himself to this girl like this happened this week and that's why it's that's why you don't like celebrities if you're listening hire a matchmaker don't be like ben affleck and have your business literally on on tmz he sent her a video being like hey just wanted to let you know like this is me i didn't watch the video but He's, but then she sent it to TMZ. Ooh. That's why you work with a matchmaker because that stuff does not happen to our clients. Yeah, okay, exactly. you are confidential. Right. That's why celebrities hire matchmakers so that that mess does not occur. And speaking of, <laughs> wait, what? What are we speaking? Talking about matchmakers in oh, the city. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, okay. Well, we can talk about matchmakers in the city. I was gonna ask: Is it healthy to go to an ex as soon as your relationship ends? That was the oh, in real life question. I see, I so we see. can talk about that, but. Is it healthy to bounce back to an ex as soon as a relationship ends? Well, oh gosh, I mean, definitely not as soon, but Ben and Jen were married. No, 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 they were engaged, and then he dropped it. He dropped, he cut off the engagement. Yeah, he did her dirty. Oh. And then he immediately went to Jennifer Gardner. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It was rough. Yeah. Well, what do you think about as soon as your relationship ends, is it okay? Is it healthy to just kind of, you know, seek out the care of an ex? (laughs) What do you think, Christina? (laughs) Well, Sandra, maybe you should answer because I feel the same way as you. No, no, I would like to hear. I feel like I talk so much. Go for it. I mean, it's basically rebounding on anyone is not a good situation, especially from an ex because you ended that relationship for many reasons or that other person for instance Ben had ended that relationship it's just 
But it, it's so tough because it's such a comfort. I know it and is. And also, like, it it's is. such a comfortable place. Like, it's like, you know, you, people are, what is it, what is that expression? It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. Oh. What is that expression? Yeah, yeah, I know. And that's, and it's a terrible expression because yeah. you don't always have to be with the devil. There aren't no. two, de- only, you, have to, you don't have to choose from two devils. Yeah. There are many other wonderful options. But is that the expression? Yeah, I know. It's, I, I don't think that's like it. That. It's like the blah you know and the blah you don't I know. I think it is. The people listening to the podcast are probably screaming us. <laughs> They're probably screaming it right now. It's the blah you know and the blah you don't know. But anyway, yeah. I mean, I I definitely would would coach um, if it was if Jen was my client, which she might be. You know, who knows? She may yeah, she maybe. may come to us. Love you, Jen. You have a place open at Matchmakers in the City. Um, but I would definitely say to Jen, like, okay, totally fine. Dabble if you want to do it, do that. But they're an ex for a reason. Mm-hmm. So whatever the issues that were in the past that made this crash and burn you better believe they will resurface. So you have to understand that it was it's an X for a reason. The past is in the past. So anyway, moving on. Um, let's just talk about really quickly Matchmakers in the City. So this podcast is sponsored by Matchmakers in the City. Matchmakers in the City is an old school personal matchmaking firm headquartered here in Los Angeles with other service areas in New York, San Francisco, and Washington, D.C. And yes, we are actually, we do serve members all over the U.S. and all over the world. So just, if you're not in one of the service areas, it's okay. It's okay. Still we sign do. Up. A majority of our members are in our service area cities, but we do get a lot of members, U.S. and nationally and internationally so yes to sign up with matchmakers in the city go to www.matchmakersinthecity.com slash free sign up although it's free to sign up it's not actually free to be matched it's a hundred dollars as the minimum to be a part of our database but that gets you a meeting with one of our matchmakers it's a meeting with one of the members of our team um so yeah and we we review your application and then once your application has been approved then we set up the meeting with you not before so your application has to be approved before you meet with one of our matchmakers um but anyway yay work with us okay moving on sisterly advice every week we answer a listener's burning question and every week we give you advice that only your sister would give you hi ladies i saw ali's last instagram post and i was shook i had no idea about attachment theory and attachment styles and reading about it on your post blew my mind It seems that I have an anxious attachment style, and now that I know it, I feel empowered, but I don't know what to do. How do I cope with my anxious attachment style? And this is from hashtag Nervous Nelly. (laughs) Hey, Nervous Nelly. Um, Okay, I just came up with that on the spot. The girl's name is not Nelly that wrote this. Um, But okay, so basically I posted on at matchmaker Alessandra Conti, this amazing, I think it's one of my best posts that I've ever posted before, Mm. but it really breaks down what is your attachment style. And then it goes through the three main attachment styles. There are actually a few more, but this kind of, it it makes it easier. Right. Yes, Mm -hmm. it simplifies it. So there's anxious, avoidant, and secure. Um, So if you want to learn about 
avoidant or secure, go to the post and you can read the different things out of what that is. We're gonna focus on anxious because Nervous Nelly wants to hear about how she can cope with her anxious attachment style. So basically, for those of you that don't know, um, attachment theory essentially is that the way that you show up in relationships is you is because of the way that you were reared as a young child. So a lot of the behaviors and the emotional responses that you're giving are were conditioned when you were a baby um, in those very early formative years. Austin, your child, Christina, is going to be the most secure little angel. He's gonna have the healthiest relationships. I hope so. I hope so too. But we're doing every you're doing everything in your power. Exactly. You're doing so well. But I think that a lot of a lot of people like back in the day it was like the cry it out, just leave the baby in a room and let him cry for hours and method and like there was a lot of weird parenting stuff that happened in the 90s so i think that a lot of and then a lot of divorces happened so it was like one parent wasn't even there and then it was like co-parenting but it's just tough anyway anxious a a few things i won't go into all of it about anxious but just so you guys know what an anxious attachment style looks like and feels like strong fears of rejection and abandonment very sensitive to even minor criticism Fears that small acts will ruin the relationship. Feels like she or he must work hard to keep their partner. Overanalyzes their relationship constantly. Can play games to keep a partner's interest slash attention. Worries excessively about the relationship. Oh my God. Um, Experiences intense jealousy. Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm... Oh my gosh. Has a strong desire for a relationship and intimacy. Puts a partner's needs first while neglecting their own. Has trouble keeping healthy boundaries and needs a lot of positive reassurance from partner. Okay, so basically like 90% of these, 9 out of 10 of these, I like, or 8 out of 10 or however many of these resonate with me. So I think that I may be anxious even though I think I'm anxious. uh, I'm anxious avoidant. Thanks, mommy. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding, mommy. Either she were a wonderful mother. You reared us wonderfully. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why I have these issues. Um, but anyway, okay, so to a fellow anxious, a little anxious you, Allie. Yeah, you you, you matured. I've matured, yeah. yes, yes. And also, though, the good part about this is that you, if you find a secure partner, yes, a lot of these element a lot of these issues will still be there at the core but you will not be triggered as much as you're being triggered if you're with an avoidant partner if you're with an avoidant partner you don't just you it's it unless he is dedicated to changing his attachment style to secure unless he's going to therapy unless he's putting in the work it is not gonna work out it is bad for your mental health I will say that and I will put that on the record. If you're with an avoidant partner that has no, that does not want to change his attachment style, you need to get out of the relationship. You will drive yourself insane. Um, But anyway, skills to counteract the negative side effects. So Psychology Today had this amazing article. I'm just going to tell you a few of the, the skills that I found were really um, exciting and kind of tell you in my own way. Um, but I think the biggest thing that this is, it's like I'm saying this, not psychology today, 
let your partner know about your attachment style. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really healthy in the beginning of a relationship to just bring up attachment theory. That's a great date conversation. Maybe not first date conversation, maybe like fifth, sixth, or seventh date conversation where you can talk about like, oh my gosh, I was just listening to this podcast. It blew my mind. Uh, we learned, I learned about attachment theory. I did a little bit of a deep dive. This is what I think I am. What about you? And then literally show them my post and have them pick out, oh, I think I'm secure. Oh, I think I'm avoidant. You though, if you've been on five or six dates with a person, you will be able to tell somebody's attachment style. Mm -hmm. If they're avoidant, you will be able to tell the telltale signs, hot and cold, avoidant, independent, um, non-consistent, all of the things. Anyway, look at the post if you want more about that. So, but letting them know is really, really important. Um, Also, um, being assertive. Um, So learning that you can honor and like actually express your emotional needs in an assertive way, not saying, you need to do this. I need seven texts a day. (laughs) Jemay, you need to text me four times a day. You didn't text me, I'm taking your phone away. What was the quote when Jemay, <laughs> private school girl? Well, just actually, that was classic. in Summer Nights High, classic. But being assertive and just kind of letting them know about some of the, like, the triggers that triggers your attachment style. So when you're having this conversation, it's okay if you say, okay, so, like, for my anxious attachment style, that's why I love, like, planning things. That's why, like, I love hearing from you. It's okay to put that out there. And if they're a secure partner, they're not going to freak out and say, oh, you're too needy. Like, screw you, buddy. Yeah, I'm freaking needy. That's, That's a relationship. That's a relationship. Maybe, maybe this is. Maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship <laughs> if that's too much for you. Once again, all such is a favorite of our male listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they hate me so much. Oh my god. Oh Lord, help us all. Um, but anyway, so be expressing that's totally good. Don't play games or try to manipulate. This is something oh, that. Oh yeah, that's a, good. Yes, a lot of anxious women are very smart. And they will manipulate. And there are ways to manipulate. Because Lord knows, back in my day of dating avoidant men, I was the queen of playing the game, of manipulating, of sending the text that's going to get a reply. Mm. That doesn't work. That is detrimental for your mental health. Mm. And you are going to lull your... You're going to get yourself into a relationship with a guy that cannot feed or meet your emotional needs. Yeah, it will get you in it, but then you're left with a relationship that is not gonna work for you. So don't manipulate, don't game play. Obviously there are like basic things like to do and not to do whilst dating. And you don't wanna like seem super crazy and needy. That's why it's such a balance. And working with a dating coach, if you're an anxious, um, if you have anxious attachment style, that's a, that's get a yourself a dating non-negotiable. coach. Non-negotiable, exactly. You need you a dating need coach. That. You need yeah. that. I had Christina. That's truly, I had you and I have you. You're my dating coach. I don't pay you because I set you up for your husband. So therefore, it's already, there's there's already a you bill would, that you're working you down. You do that, you would. <laughs> okay. So we have a retainer. The retainer is Dan. And you're working off the retainer right now, okay? 
that would be 50k if that was today. But actually, back then it would probably be like 10. So it's okay. You have like, but whatever. Anyway, Christina's my dating coach. Not everyone has a sister who's a professional matchmaker and dating expert. So if you're anxious, you need a dating coach. Um, also, um, stop reacting. It's super challenging because the nervous system is just used to acting, reacting automatically. So, but once you identify your triggers, you can then unhook what causes them. That is straight from psychology today. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Mm. Um, and then you can also learn how to self soothe. Um, just Mm. Google self soothing exercises on YouTube. Mm. That's really good. You can self nurture, self soothe, but also that's only going to work if you are with a secure partner. If you are with an avoidant partner, you will go, you'll end up in a mental institution. You will go to therapy every single day. That's why so many women who are married to these narcissists, they have all the money in the world, but they are miserable because their narcissist men are avoidant attachment style. They're anxious. It doesn't mesh. They go to therapy every day. The man wants his independence. I'm basically, I need a Nobel Peace Prize. And then... Um, anyway, learning to resolve conflict and compromise with a we perspective. Okay, great. Thank you, psychology today. But basically, find yourself a really great dating coach, dating expert. Therapist is great, but therapist is going to more allow you to speak, which is nice. Right. And that's why Mad Figures in the City is great, because we are dating coaches. Yeah. And we do this day in, day out. Yes. If your goal is a relationship, that's what you want to do. If your goal is... Work therapy, through things work in your childhood. Through, right, right, right. Talk yourself. Like in therapy, they're taught to listen and just and kind of steer in a very passive way. That's not how dating coaches are. Dating coaches will listen, but we'll also we'll keep it real with you. We're in the fields, we're in the trenches, we know what's going on. We're working with single men that you want to date. We're working with single women that you want to date. Mm-hmm. So we're able to tell you, okay, great. I'm glad your therapist said this. That's really great. Right. But like, here's the reality yeah. of the situation. Yeah, that's exactly true. You're driving yourself insane. Yeah. And we don't want to keep you on for years. Our goal, <laughs> let's get you married, tell your friends, and then you send them over to us. Right. Therapists, they're banking out. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are some really great therapists, I will say. There are some wonderful. And if you have some trauma and like childhood stuff from your past, this is not me knocking therapy. Therapy is amazing. But when it comes to dating, it's not the same. It's like you can't just go to therapy and say, well, I'm working with a therapist. Therefore, I should now be dating wonderfully. No, it's a very different skill set. We teach you the skill set that you need. Moving on. Okay, we couldn't help but wonder. Woo, I'm getting hot in her. Woo! Sisters, we grew up watching Sex in the City. Now as personal matchmakers in 2021, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In our segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder episode by episode through today's lens. And this is season three, episode three, Attack of the 510 Woman. Carrie couldn't help but wonder, are there women in New York who are the, just there to make us feel bad about ourselves? Ooh. Yeah, so good. Is so this Natasha's. Entrance? It's Natasha. Oh, okay. Well, Natasha had already entered. She entered, yeah. Natasha, and so lucky for the listeners, I have now watched the episodes. So I am so up on it. Like I've watched this episode. I just watched it. Basically, what happens is this is the episode where Big 
and Natasha put out their wedding announcement in the New York Times. Carrie sees it. Um, It's the Sunday Times, which, by the way, speaking of New York Times... Who just did an interview with the New York Times today? Alessandra did. Yo, girl! She just did! It was so Hashtag much fun. Hashtag missed humility. <laughs> I am horrible. I am terrible. I'm such a monster. And it's because I haven't been back to the East Coast. Anyway, since COVID. Um, anyway, so I blame COVID for the fact that I'm a monster. Because I always said, if I didn't leave LA, this would happen. And anyway, okay. So the wedding announcement, um, but then uh, it's it's literally like Carrie's nightmare, and they were just lamenting like the ladies were all reading them and being like, "Is anyone over twenty five here in the announcements?" And these ladies are thirty in their thirties and fabulous and gorgeous, and they're reading and they're like, "Why are all these women twenty five? This is crazy!" And then Big's marriage to Natasha. Um, so then. Um, this is also the episode where Carrie gets invited to this um, women in like women in media or women in something event that Natasha's the, a chair of and like it's Natasha's event. So Carrie then like blows all her money on getting the perfect like the perfect Louboutins or Jimmy Choo's I, Choo's, I forget. Um, and then the perfect outfit as well. And then she ends up showing up to the event. Natasha is not even there. So it was like all this hoopla for nothing. Um, but anyway, this is also where Miranda's cleaning lady, Magda, um, makes her guilty, makes her feel guilty for having sex toys. She puts the Mother Mary and, and instead of the whatever, instead of the vibrator, I feel like that's something you would do. (laughs) Um, but then Magda comes around and then like leaves the Mother Mary with, and then she makes the condoms like in a beautiful thing. Anyway, um, but, and then Charlotte, then this is where Charlotte just feels uncomfortable being naked in an all-female health spa, which I so related to. Because remember, I went to that naked, that nude Korean spa oh in with Maria for her bachelorette party. Oh, you didn't tell me about that. I, I was thinking t- about Auntie Gail bringing you to that as a little girl. No, well, that, I mean, that was, that was, hard. that should have been, I mean, good thing, you know, Child Protective Services didn't get wind of that. That would not fly in 2021. You can't bring a little girl to, like, one of those spas. That was, it was fine. I'm fine. Um, but it was really bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. But, no, recently, remember, I went to um, the Korean spa. You didn't tell me about that. Maybe. I didn't tell you. It was all nude. No. It was a total nude. It was a nude spa. No, yeah. you didn't tell me So that. crazy and, like, so awkward and, like, whatever. It was with the bachelorette party. So I just embraced it and I just, like let it out you know oh my god you would have died you would not have gone you wouldn't have gone but anyway um but she feels nasty whatever um samantha then this is also the episode where samantha books a massage with this guy who gets intimate who thought she had found she had heard about um the rumor that he was giving happy endings at this at like upscale spa and um she then tells him, okay, I'm ready for my happy ending. And then he says, oh, that's such a violation. And then he tells on her, but then Samantha says, well, I only booked the appointment because he services other women in that way. So anyway, um, and then she gets thrown out of the spa. Okay, so basically, um, I think the whole theme of this question is women just feeling bad about themselves. And at the end of the episode, if you recall, Carrie then um gets yes. the, the, the the thank you note yes. from Natasha mm-hmm. and Natasha spells 
you're or you're wrong or right. something like that. Right, right. And she's like, I, you're wonderful for helping. And it was like, you're, why you are or not something. Mm-hmm. It was something minor, but it was like... A grammatical, a major grammatical error. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Carrie was just so vindicated. But anyway, into 2021, I mean, all of these themes are so real, even now. Except for maybe Samantha's... Well... I did have a girlfriend who got a happy ending. Oh, at, Remember I told you? Did no. I tell you that? I think you've <gasps> censored a lot of your life. What? Wait, but why all of a sudden in this episode is it all coming out? Maybe that's brought up the theme. Oh, yeah, well, the spa stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the spa stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I had a girlfriend who went, who like, I know, but it was consensual Ooh. and Ooh. yeah, it, very bizarre. But anyway, aside from that, because that still happens in 2021, kids. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the whole idea of, you know, you're somebody that you once loved being with a new person um, who is, you know, Natasha was like 25 or 24 or something like that, young, five foot ten, gorgeous. I mean, that's a human, you know, that's a human thing. Even with men that you didn't even like, like really have that, I don't know, I I don't know if it's as triggering. It's it's a lot less triggering when an ex is with somebody that, you know, or, I lost my train. <laughs> I think for anyone seeing that seeing that marriage announcement and seeing an yeah. ex getting married is if you have residual feelings like Carrie did for Big, Clearly. it will be upsetting. So um, do your best to just guard against that. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't look on their social medias if you still have feelings for that person. I would say and just yeah. move on as best as you can and know that it's natural. Yeah. I think it's also like. Listen, you can just guard yourself for so long. Just know you might have to get upset a little it's about true. it. And they're not you. And that's, I love the end of that episode so much because it shows that, yeah, she could be wonderful in all these ways, but she's still not Carrie. Yeah. And no one can replace you. And yeah. you, there is someone wonderful for you if you have that calling for that person and you're and it's been going on for a while. So someone is going to be able to appreciate every aspect of you yeah, and all those details about you. And there's no such thing. Nobody is perfect. So, and no relationship is perfect. So right. even if something appears to be perfect on social media or online, it is not perfect. Perfect. Exactly. There are a lot of conversations that happen behind the scenes. There are fights. There are disagreements. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, and I, it's just, I, I, I think it's, it, it's just remembering that yeah. that like, oh, I'm sure your ex probably some of his behaviors, if not all, have reared their head, and if they haven't, they probably will right. at some point. So it's almost like, bless her heart, bless her, I wish her well. Yes, you and know? you can't, it's avoid comparing yourself, it's mm-hmm. it's a fruitless effort, because yep. we're all made in such a beautiful way, yep. and every detail of us has been uniquely made. We're like snowflakes. It's true. <laughs> okay, great. You guys finally catching up with the Contis. Yeah. Christina, what's going on with you? Well, I just wanted to bring people's attention to the fact that we were at Alessandra was actually interviewed Matchmakers in the City by the LA Times as well. Yes. So if you haven't seen that article, it's called 
lonely, you're not alone. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So, and then something about matchmakers, Yeah, something right? about matchmakers seeing a boom during Yeah, the, during COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. Oh, my gosh, that was yes. so and great. And then you'll be looking out for the New York Times article soon. Yeah. I, we just posted a an article that I wrote what the Mandalorian can teach you about dating and marriage. Ooh. And it's May 4th. We're recording this on May 4th, which is Star Wars Day. So if you are a Star Wars fan or like the Mandalorian or just want to learn something about dating and marriage, check out that article. It's on our blog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when are you in trending, Christina? I just was on two weeks ago. So okay, all of yeah. my episodes on trending are on my www.matchmakerchristinaconti.com website in the press section. So if you want to just do a whole listen That's to great. Christina on trending. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's on Anthony my website. Anthony puts them on Yeah, there? he puts everyone oh. on there. So if you want it, because there's a lot that we've talked about that are really impactful and helpful. Yeah, that's a gold mine. So there's one of the last one we talked about was getting cold feet with oh. with approaching a lot of new marriages coming up and gold mine some important information for people yeah that's beautiful yeah no exactly so i um with me um i was just on the nobodies podcast so definitely the nobodies take a listen to the that to, to the that to that it's a no and the whole thing it's a nobody which he's not even a nobody he's a somebody but interviewing a somebody like that's the whole theme of it so i was the somebody <laughs> I am obnoxious this episode. Sorry, you guys. I don't know what's gotten into me. Um, and then um, New York Times we already talked about. And then, um, oh, God. Oh, and then I'm going to be on um, Dear Empath with Gus Baxter. Oh, yes. Um, Gus is this life coach that's amazing. And he has this incredible podcast, Dear Empath. So that will be forthcoming, I think, May 10th, mm-hmm. I believe he said. Um, but yeah, and then I'm going on a retreat this week in Malibu and I could not be more excited. I will be zenning out and my away message is already on because I'm taking Wednesday, Thursday and Friday off because I love you clients, but you driving me crazy. (laughs) You driving me insane. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode Um, If you want to have even more of us, be sure to go to youtube.com and search Matchmakers in the City for our Matchmakers in the City YouTube channel. If you want to work with us, if you want to hire our team to be your matchmakers, go to matchmakersinthecity.com slash free sign up. Um, And yeah, we look forward to seeing you guys in two weeks. listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com.